Hello and welcome to the Three Pints Betting Podcast with myself, James, from the Betting Desk, Tom Love from We Love Betting Gold, and Jerry from Jerry Taylor's Tips. Um, missed last week due to International Week, but we're back this week. Um, slight recap, we had a, another successful week last week, uh, a couple of big price winners, uh, and we're back, say, to, to cover some EFL, some Scottish, and I know the lads have got a couple of German bets up their sleeves. Uh, so, Jerry, do you want to kick off with some Scottish tips for us? Yeah, guys, I've got uh, three selections as pair um, from north of the border, from Scotland. The first one is Wraith Rovers going to Kingdom of Faith. Wraith Rovers against Ardbroath. Um, the bet for this one that I like is over two and a half goals, 11-10 with Mansion bet. Um, Wraith Rovers games this season are averaging three goals. Ardbroath's last away games, this is Ardbroath goals only. They've scored two, three, two. 3-2-2, so that's just our both goals away from home in the league, so they're almost reaching that themselves, over two and a half goals, but Wraith's games, as I said, averaging three. Dick Campbell, um, his Arbroath team, are they're, they're topping all the metrics in the Championship in Scotland, um, they're, they're ahead overall in the XG, Wraith Rovers are second to them in the home XG, 1.58, um, as I say, our both are, are, are above that. And away from home, um, our both are the top team with 1.39 XG away from home. So it really seems set for goals, this one. Two really attacking teams like to get the ball down, play football. Joel Nubo, hopefully he's back. He was injured last time out, out for our both, but they've been going great. They're, and they're a bit of a part-time team, our both, so they're actually, for them to be hitting these metrics in that league is, you know, is really excellent considering the, the kind of structure of the club. So... Um, it's one of the ones I wouldn't put anybody off a wee each way punt on them to surprise in the outrights in the championship. There are some nice prices kicking around for our both. But for Saturday, we're just going to go for over two and a half goals here at um, 11-10 with Mansion Bet. My second one, we're actually going to, going to stay in the Kingdom of Fife. It's Dunfermline, it's still the, the Scottish Championship, Dunfermline against Kilmarnock. Um, I'm going the opposite way for the, the first bet. I'm going to go for under two and a half goals, um, which is 65. Um, Dunfermline basically haven't scored. It, it, they've only scored rather in two of their last seven recent games. The last two home games at East End Park have both finished goalless, 0-0. Peter Grant, their manager's coming under a lot of pressure for the fans over the last couple of weeks. Um He's had the dreaded vote of confidence for the board of directors the last couple of weeks, so it'll be interesting just to see how the players' attitude uh, is on Saturday. But Kilmarnock, significantly Kilmarnock's four away results in the league so far. They've won a game 1-0, they've won two games 2-0, and the other game's been goalless. Uh, that was away to Arbroath. Um, so Kilmarnock's games aren't, generally aren't having a lot of goals, especially away from home. Dunfermline are really struggling to score, so under two and a half goals here. At 65. Um, you can get even money generally with most bookmakers there if you're scratching around to get the 65 there. But uh, that one, I think, is a, a decent shout for um, under the two and a half goals. Uh, third bet is Motherwell against Celtic in the, the Premiership here. Um, I'm going for both teams to score in this one um, at 11 to 10 with Mansion bet. Motherwell in their six cup and league games at home this season have scored in. All six at Fir Park at home, so they're good for a goal at home. Celtic have been conceding. Their last, their, their eight away games in all competitions, that's Europe included as well, they've conceded and have all, all eight games they've played away from home Celtic. So I'm expecting both teams to score. Games are always quite lively. Um, 
at Fir Park, whether that's for cards or goals. So I'm expecting that to be a lively encounter. Celtic, much like Rangers, they're nearly really flawless this season. As I say, they are conceding. Mullows had a decent start to the season, so I can see both teams scoring uh, comfortably in that game. Uh, 11 to 10, we're munching bit. Thanks, mate. Some interesting bets there. Tom, what have you got for us? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking in the EFL for my first two players. Um, I'll go on to my, my European players a bit later on in the podcast, but I'm going to take two bets on the um, Asian goal line and the Asian handicap. So if any of the listeners aren't kind of familiar with how these work, just feel free to drop us a DM on Twitter or anything. I'll, I'll try to explain it as best as I can. Um, but the first bet that I'm going to take is uh, in League 2, Salford take on Hartlepool. I'm going to take under 2.25 goals on the Asian Asian line. That pays 5-6, uh, 1.83 with bet 3.65. Basically means that you'll be making profit if there's 0, 1 or 2 goals scored, which I think is a decent way in because um, these two sides are, are far from kind of fluent in the final third. Two of the more low-margin teams this season. Um, I, I've been really impressed, actually, with what Dave Chalner's done at Hartlepool. Um, they had that playoff final against Torquay at Ashton Gate, and they had a, a turnaround of just a couple of weeks to start this league campaign and with a lot of players out of contract. They had to do plenty of business late on in the window, but he's kind of been very pragmatic in his approach. He's kind of used what he has to his advantage, so they, they brought in a lad from Millwall and loan, a guy called Tyler Bury, who started off really well. He was like the main attacking threat. Uh, he picked up a, a quite a bad injury, so he's back at Millwall now. Um, probably won't be fit until the new year. So without him, their kind of attacking performance has really dropped off. Um, struggling to score, but having said that, the the defensive record is excellent and it's kind of backed up by the strong performance data as well defensively. Um, and then you look at Salford on the, the other side of things and many uh, would have had them as promotion candidates. I, I kind of scoffed at the 6-1 to one on them for the title in the uh, Wheel of Betting season preview. I said that, that is a criminal price. Um, they can always get priced up at short odds to win the league and really the the team, it, it looks good on paper, good enough, but there's not an awful lot of depth. And the manager in Gary Boyer is someone that I don't particularly rate. Uh, the, the, the ground and the atmosphere, it's hardly any home advantage. I've been there and it, it was quite a dire, dire atmosphere. Uh, the fans, like, no offence to any like, diehard Salford fans, but they, they didn't seem that arse when they scored a last-minute winner against uh, my Bradford team at their home ground just a couple of months ago. But, yeah, they, I can't really see where they're going this season. I think Gary Boyer is another manager coming under a lot of pressure, and rightly so. Um, but he's a he's a defensive manager. We've had him at Bradford and all about shape. And he doesn't let the kind of more attacking and expansive and expressive players, like of Josh Morris, uh, Conor McElhenney, they just doesn't let them kind of take the game to teams. It's more about keeping shape. 
So I think it's going to be two teams that kind of cancel each other out. Um, it's, it's going to be kind of quite horizontal, I think. Players just passing it around the midfield and defence. And yeah, if we're just looking to the, the actual numbers, I mean, 73% of Hartlepool games have seen under two and a half goals, 46% have seen under one and a half. And for Salford, um, 67%, so two thirds of their home games have seen under two and a half, one, two. Um, I mean, the, their games at home are averaging 2.08 XG. Um, so, yeah, if you're looking at Hartlepool as well, they've got the lowest total XG in the league at 1.78 per game. So I'd probably have this as an Asian line of two. Um, but with it being 2.25, it means that we can make profit. But it'd be a half-stakes profit if exactly two goals are scored. If zero or one are scored, we'll get the full-stakes payout. The only way you're making money is if there's three or more goals. And, uh, yeah, that was like a really, really nice and quite simple, but um, it just looks like a, a standard bet when these two teams are involved. And with them meeting each other, I think they'll cancel each other out and might even look at the uh, nil-nil as well in that. And, yeah, going to stick with the Asian theme and go into League One. Um, some people probably look at this and think, why, why is he playing this? But you've got to remember that betting is about price, ultimately. It's about lines. And uh, if you think a price is wrong, that's when you take it. And I think that Doncaster against Wickham is wrongly priced at the minute. I think, I think it'll kind of even itself out done kickoff and the bet that I'm going to take is Doncaster plus 0.75 on the Asian handicap it was 1.95 I posted up this uh, earlier this morning in in the Wheel of Betting Gold group uh, it's actually come in uh, to 1.85 but I still think that's fine I think anything over 1.8 uh, on this looks a nice way in, uh, that's with Bet365 and Bet Victor. And, yeah, it, it just doesn't really make sense to me. You look at the table and see Wickham up there doing well. You'll see Doncaster down there. But if you kind of look a bit deeper, uh, look at the he- uh, the home and away respective records, it's pretty much identical in terms of data. And that would mean with home, and if you're pricing it up kind of purely on data, and Doncaster have home advantage, you'd probably have them, this is a pick em. So um, the fact that they're kind of four to one just doesn't make sense. I think that they should at least be three to one, if not five to two. Um, it'd be interesting to see what kind of price Sunderland or a Wigan or an Ipswich would go off at Doncaster away at the minute. I don't even think they'd be around the 1.66 that's available on Wickham. Um but yeah, Wickham, Wickham have done really well at home. They've won five out of five, and that sees them up there in the table. But on the road, uh, they've won just one of the last five. And they're a team that I think thrive off the atmosphere at Adams Park. But away from home, is more about trying to really kill games and get a point. And if that were to be the case here, we'd win our bet, which is is great. Um and if you actually look at Doncaster, 
I, I quite like Richie Williams, but they they have been pretty poor this season. But at home, they've looked a much better side. Uh, they've won the last three in all competitions. Uh, a couple of one nils in there, showing their defensive resolve. Their kind of shot data uh, from a defensive standpoint has been really good of late. And if they can keep it kind of tight, keep Wickham to minimal chances. I mean, Wickham will kind of launch the ball in when they can. Uh, but the, many teams will have done that to Doncaster and they'll have repelled it. I'm pretty sure Wellens will have a plan for them. Um, but yeah, if you just look at the the XG ratio here. 19th at home for Doncaster, which isn't great, admittedly. But Wickham are 18th for away XG ratio. Uh, the expected points with the home and away, it has a sway to Wickham by just 0.1. So... There's nothing between them in the data. I mean, Donny conceding just six shots in the box at home compared to Wickham, 7.33 away. So, yeah, I, I, I think this line is wrong. I think that Doncaster will come in and, and this will be a half-ball game on the Asian handicap. So, basically, with this bet, you'll make money if Doncaster avoid defeat. And if even if they lose by one goal, you'll get half of your stake back. So you're not going to lose all your stake, which is always something that um, you should look towards with these Asian handicaps. I think that's why they're such a, a great and popular market. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that um, this is probably one of my favourite bets of the weekend. Uh, I'd probably take it anything down to 1.8 if people are listening a bit closer to kick-off. Um, but, yeah... I, I won't even put anyone off a little tickle on Doncaster to win by exactly one goal, which will be around seven to one. I think Donningham, strangely, have actually been helped by being beaten by Ipswich. I know they got beat six 0 but Ipswich weren't that good. Uh, yeah. I can't remember the XG at the top of my head, but Ipswich scored six off something like about two point three, two point four XG. So it, it it did flatter Ipswich that result. Um, Doncaster shouldn't be as bad as they are. Um, I think they've got some good players. I think they're just finding their feet a little bit. Um, Wickham were an odd side. Uh, I agree, maybe not quite as good. I think everyone tipped them up or to, you know, to be certainly in and around the playoffs. Um, they certainly don't look like it, especially in the road at the moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll, I'll, I've got a couple of EFL, EFL bets. Um, get a dip into League Two, uh, Leighton Orient versus Warsaw. Um I know, Tom, we've touched on uh, Leighton Orient a few times over the course of the season. I, I, I'm like you, I quite like them. I think Kenny Jackett's a good manager. Uh, I think he'll have doing well by the end of the season. Um, one four, drawn five, just lost two games all season. At home, it's actually not too bad. One three, drawn one, lost one. They lost to Harrogate, who are flying. I know, Tom, you've got to be a sweet spot for Harrogate. Um, yeah. I, 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 they look a good sight at the moment. So maybe no surprise um, that Orient lost to Harrogate. Orient took a little bit of time just to sort of find their feet at the start of the season. They did draw nil-nil with Mansfield, which may look a bad result on paper, but they won that game uh, on an XG basis, 1.99 to 0.14. So they have done okay this season. They've been Exeter, they've been Bradford, they've been Oldham. Uh, attack, Attacking-wise, they, they look decent. Um, you know, fourth highest goals scored at home, uh, fourth highest shots on target. The ex, you know, the, the data, underlying data looks good for them and attacking wise. I like who they've got up front. Um, Harry Smith, six goals and eight, eight starts. 
Omar Beckles, I think, is also uh, sort of starting to find his feet. Uh, they've got Aaron Drinnen, who they signed from Ipswich, that's also doing well. They've got plenty of competition up front. Uh, Paul Smythe, Harry Smith, then Aaron Drinnen, then sort of Theo Archibald, who all look quite good. All eager to start, all have done well this season, all have chipped in with goals or assists. So going forward, I think Orient will be fine. Defensively, uh, just 0.4 goals per game conceded at home. Uh, they're second for shots conceded, seventh for shots on target conceded, and no side has conceded fewer shots in the box than Orient at home. Um, I'm going to take them to win the match, which you can do at about 1.86, but I'm going to actually take them to win the game in under four and a half goals, which is 11 to 10 or 2.1 with Skybet or even money with Bet365. Warsaw, uh, much worse than I thought they would be. I, I thought they would be a bit better than they are. Uh, they haven't won an away game this season. That They've drawn with Bradford and Exeter, which aren't too bad, but they've conceded one and a half goals in three of their five away games, which is concerning, and no clean sheet at all. Uh, away from home, their XG so far has been 0.72, 0.48, 0.36, 0.26. They did register 2.04 XG at Exeter in a a game that they they drew 2-2, but generally across the piece, they have struggled to create chances. Um, Every side that they've faced away from home has generated an XG at least one and a half. So not only are they struggling to create chances, sides when facing them are creating opportunities. Uh, I have them ranked 23rd uh, in my own metrics, uh, which takes in consideration a number of different underlying performance metrics. Um, and say are not great. So just quickly reading off some of their attacking metrics, 18th for XG, uh, 15th for goals scored, 22nd for shots taken and 23rd for shots on target. The average is two shots on target per away game. Defensively, it's you know almost you know as bad. 17th for XG, 18th for goals scored, 21st for shots taken, 24th for shots conceded, uh, and 21st for shots in the box. So they are giving uh, sides lots of opportunities, um, you know, to score goals, and whilst not creating too much going forward. Uh, I, they had a reasonable result last time out where uh, they beat they beat Salford. Uh, the Warsaw manager, Matt Taylor, was saying it was a great result and they deserved the victory and they should move on it. You actually look at the, the underlying performance of that game. I don't think they, they did deserve, um, you know, they generated just one XG and conceded 0.48 against Salford. I mean, it touches on your bet, bet Tom, of, you know, under goals of Salford. Uh, it was, a, you know, I think, a quite a close game and... Warsaw aren't a great side. I think Orient will be strong enough here uh, to win that game. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game, given that, you know, especially, you know, uh, Warsaw's attacking out. But can can I see them scoring one or two? No. So uh, under four and a half goals and Orient to win at just over even money with Sky or even money with with Betfair, Paddy Power, uh, I think looks looks a good bet to me. Uh I'm going to jump into the championship and I'm going to take Forrest and Blackpool on. Uh, I'm going to take both teams to score. A um, lot being written about, about Cooper's start at, at, at Forrest. Um, I don't think it's that great. I think it's a bit of a new new manager bounce and I think that they, they will get found out. They've beaten Huddersfield, drawn with Millwall, they've beaten Barnsley and they've beaten Birmingham. But if you look at the underlying metrics of that game, just take the, the Blues game, for example, uh, Birmingham should have won that game quite comfortably. Uh, Forest won 3 0, but generated just 0.93 XG while conceding 1.8. Uh, the other games have been particularly close. 
Um, so if you look at the XG that, that, that Forest have, have, have generated under Cooper, the 4.65 across the four games, they've scored nine goals. Unsustainable in my, my, my view. Uh, they've conceded 4.57 XG against, conceded just two. So at some point that has to change. They can't continue performing or outperforming at that greater level. Um, you know, if you look at how the, the size changed. So actually, since Cooper's come in, they've doubled the shots per t- shots on target per game. Um, but they're also conceding more shots and shots on target per game. So they're great going forward. But potentially, I think they look a bit weak at the back because they're pushing men forward. Um They've yet to keep keep a, clone, uh, a home clean sheet. They've conceded two or more goals in four of their five games. They've only two clean sheets all season. Uh, going forward, I think they'll be fine. Graben, uh, Johnson, uh, and Lyle Taylor. You know, I, th- I think they'll you know should be good enough to score at least a goal, if not more, at Blackpool. But defensively, I, I think Forest will get found out again. Blackpool on the road. Uh, they lost one game. You know, one one drawn three. Um, but they lost to Millwall slightly, unfortunately. Um, but in all their games on the road, that they've scored and conceded. Uh, the majority of their games have been quite tight, but they, they do have a, a knack of nicking a goal. Um, Jerry Yates thought he was brilliant last season, maybe taking a little bit of time to, to, to find uh, his footing a, a, a league higher. Uh, Keshi Anderson, I think, is decent. And they've got uh, Shane La- uh, Lavery, uh, who scored five goals. So... Uh, I think Blackpool will, will be strong. I think they'll try and keep it keep it tight. Um, but I do fancy them to nick a goal against a Forest side that I think uh, too much has been said about Cooper's start to, to, to Forest. Um, I can't see their performances continuing um, with such poor underlying metrics and performance data. So uh, I am going to take Forest and Blackpool, both teams, to score. And you can back that just under even money at 1.93. Uh, my last bet, uh, Colchester versus Harrogate. I'm going to take Harrogate at minus 0.25 Asian handicap at 1.95. Uh, <laughs> uh, <coughs> I thought Colchester might do okay this season. Uh, I thought the players they'd signed um, from Ipswich would be okay. I mean, this is a group of players that, that the majority of players that finished sort of eighth or ninth in League One last season for Ipswich. Um can't believe that they're struggling that badly, but it is an ageing squad. You know, it takes Luke Chambers, Alan Judge, Freddie Sears, Frank Newball, Tommy Smith, Dean Gherkin. It's an ageing squad. I think they're getting found out a little bit. Uh, I don't think Hayden Mullins is a great manager. I think he's slightly out of his depth. He's got a lot of players there that probably, you know, similar experience and age to him. I don't know how he's finding that settling in. Um, they've scored just one goal at home. They've lost three. Um, they are struggling. There's a little bit of pressure now being applied on, on Hayden Mullins by, by the fans. Uh, they've not scored the last four games, so the fans are getting slightly impatient. And just looking at some of their underlying metrics, it's not clever. Uh, I have them 22nd uh, in the league for home performance. Um, I won't bore you too much with the stats, but basically they sit 24th or 23rd for all of their attacking output. Uh, it's not surprising they only score one at home. So I I think they'll struggle uh, to score goals. Uh, and then they had the highest XG against at home at 1.79. So uh, only going to end one way. Um, you know, they're bottom for XG ratio, bottom for shots on uh, target uh, ratio, and second bottom for shots on target in, on the box ratio. It, wherever way you turn that, it doesn't look good. Harrogate, 
Informed side in, in in division probably at the moment. Um, one three drawn, one lost, one at home. Uh, their underlying performance looks looks very very impressive. First for XG, third for goals scored, four for shots on target, seven for touches in the box. So I can go on and on and on. They look like a team. Um, and what I like about the moment is they're just taking one game at a time. They're not talking about promotion runs. Um, they're still so almost. You, you you read some of the reports and some of the players saying. I'm not sure if we are quite good enough to be, you know, in the promotion race. We're just, you know, doing what we've got to do, you know, and, and, and we'll see how we get on. Luke Armstrong, uh, informed player in the league, probably seven goals and 11 starts. Alex Patterson's chipped in with goals. Jack Mooden's chipped in with goals. George Thompson's chipped in with some assists. So the goals are spread out. They score goals from all over. Um, they've lost just one game in 13 matches. Um, they've got a few players come back from injury. They won 6-1 against Scunthorpe last weekend. Uh, probably only sort of 15 fit men, but got players come back from injury. So I think the squad will improve and I think they'll get better. Uh, And I can't see why they can't be considered as proper promotion candidates this season. And to have them at 0.25, Asian handicap 1.95, looks a good bet bet for me. uh, And that's my three EFL bets of the weekend. Yeah, um, can I just come in there, James? I think that, it's a really interesting point with Colchester. You mentioned the recruitment, and to to me, I, I heard a lot of people kind of saying, "Oh, they might they might be up for a, a playoff charge." And I, whenever I see recruitment like that, it just screamed to me that it, it was a poor do. Um, I think if you look at the ages of them Ipswich players in particular, Barcias, um, they were probably all out of contracts probably all got families they probably all just want to stay local and Colchester took a punt on them and I, I just wonder about the um the motivation factor for players like that they've usually been good at kind of bringing through young talent I mean Kwame Puku who went to Peterborough in the summer uh, an example of that Vincent Young to um Ipswich as well so uh, I just think I looked at that and then I looked at Hayden Mullins as a manager that kind of dynamic worried me where players are kind of the same way age you know who's pulling rank there I, I don't think he'll be there much longer and you, you're bang on about their kind of data it, it was very poor towards the back end of last season it's not improved at all has it? No and I think you know I understand one of the reasons that Luke Chambers left Ipswich they were going to offer him another one year deal at Ipswich uh, but I understand the reason Paul Cook pushed him on to Colchester or released him had too much influence in, in, in the change room. And I think Cook yeah. was a bit worried about that. So you wonder, you know, how that's then uh, playing out at Colchester with a ma- manager like Hayden Mullins, whose first big manager role, you know, who who's calling, as you say, who's calling the shots there? Uh, I think it was lazy recruitment by, by, uh, yeah. by Colchester to go and get Chambers Judge, uh, Sears, you know, and a few others. Cole Scoose is there as well. Um, who are, by all accounts is having a great season. Um, lazy by the players, lazy by culture for recruitment, and that hasn't worked. And it's not. Worked. I have I have culture bottom on expected points this season. And I think that's mm. up. And when you've got Harrogate who are flying, full of confidence after their win last weekend, um, I mean I'd probably have Harrogate to win the game, um, but to have a little bit of you know just to take that risk off slightly and have it on a minus 0.25, almost yeah. even money seems a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a very fair fair play, is that? 
I think are we any more EFL bets, Jerry? You got anything for us in EFL? Or we, no, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. Oh, I've, I've, I've forgotten who's done what. <laughs> I've got a couple of League One shouts here, a couple of quick ones. So you guys can give me your opinion on these. I'm going for the two teams actually that are ahead on the XG, the overall XG. I'm going for Rotherham at home to Pompey, home to Portsmouth. Uh, Rotherham are fifth, going well under Paul Warren. Um, Pompey are sitting twelve under Danny Cowley. Um, Rotherham, I know they've had a, a, a season sandwiched in the Championship, but they're a pretty strong outfit when, when they're operating in League One at home. Um, the last 13 homes in League One, either side have been the Championship. They've won eight, they've drawn three, they've lost two. So they're pretty good in League One at home. It's a bit of a fortress at home. Michael Smith's banging in his goals for him. He's got seven goals and 11. Um, they're 10-11 to beat Pompey um, with Unibet. Um, Pompey won last time out 4-0 against Sunderland, which was a bit of a, a shock result. I know Sunderland, uh, Sunderland don't travel as well as they do with the, the big home following at home, but um, I'm putting that down to maybe being a wee bit of an outlier. I know John Marquis got a couple of goals in that game, but if you actually break it down, Pompey won their first three league games, I think, at the start of the season in League One. But since then, they've only won one game in ten overall, and that was last time out against Sunderland. So. I'm going to put a line through that. They're away from home to, as I say, a strong home outfit in Rotherham, and I think 10 to 11 is worth taking with Unibet. Rotherham's one of the top five, six teams in the form, uh, the, the recent form tables, and uh, I, th- I think they may be too strong for Pompey, um, you know, looking at Pompey's form in the last 10. The other selection I've got in League One, guys, is um, it's Shrewsbury against MK Dons. I'm going to go for MK Dons. They're second in the overall XG at 1.79 behind Rotherham. Um, they're 11 to 10 to win this game um, with Sporting Index. Shrewsbury have lost three in the bounce now. They're missing quite a few players for this game. Ryan Bowman had a bit of a heart scare for them as well. I think he's okay now, but he's probably going to miss out as well. So they've not got their troubles to seek just now, Shrewsbury. They've been a bit, bit of a stinker of a, a time. They're second bottom of the league. MK Dons are sitting sixth under Liam Manning, going well. They've got Troy Parrott, Mo Isa and Scott Twine been banging in a few goals. So I think there's a few goals about them, as you can see with the XG metrics. And I think a shade of odds, odds against with them. Um, I quite like the two selections in League One, Rotherham to beat Pompey and MK Dons, who are away to Shrewsbury. MK Dons, the best side I think I've seen in, in League One this season. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought they might struggle a little bit. Uh, with the changing manager so close to the start of the season. Um, but it's been a smooth transition and, in fact, they probably look a bit better. Um, Shrewsbury are well organised. Um, but, yeah, I think MK Dons are... I love how they play football. Uh, very impressive. Tom, are you saving your uh, European bets to last? Yeah, I can do. I can do, yeah. Go uh, on, mate. Let's hear them. Yeah, so I've got, I've got one in... Italy and my long shot, which I'll come on to after, is in Germany. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna gonna go into the the essentially the first game of the weekend in Italy, Saturday at two o'clock. Uh, Spezia versus Salernitana. I mean, it is the biggest game of the the weekend in Italy. I'm I'm not having Juventus versus Roma or Lazio Inter. It's all about Spezia Salernitana. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm liking the look of goals here. Um, goals at 1.9 with Bet365 is the the way in here for me. Um, 
basically, I, I, I wonder what kind of these lines would be in Syria, say, 10, 10, 15 years ago. I think you'd be looking at kind of a, a an Asian goal line of two, kind of across the board. But the last couple of years, it's been really, really entertaining, really high scoring, kind of teams playing with a handbrake off a lot of the time. I don't know why that would happen. I don't know if the, the league's been in the ears a bit to kind of um, be a bit more expansive and kind of attractive to viewers. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's shot right up. And uh, so far this season, Serie A is averaging 3.2 goals per game, which I think is the biggest uh, in kind of all the major divisions in Europe. So it's been a great place to back the overs. So whenever kind of you have a slate coming up on a weekend, um, I look at the goal lines and whenever you see any at just a flat 2.5, I'm going to kind of investigate it because um, there's not many teams that are defensive anymore. I mean, last season you had a, a Verona perhaps and um, Udinese. This season, Verona are one of the most high-scoring teams in terms of match goals in, in the entire league. So there's not many teams who are kind of sitting back. And yeah, th- this one's a, a flat 2.5 line, so I'm taking overs at 10 to 11. Um, so it's, it's basically overs has landed in two-thirds of all Serie A games this season. And just looking into the team, Spezia um, did really well the first season up in Serie A last year under Vincenzo Italiano, which is a great name. He's gone to Fiorentina, and um, they started really well. I think that's a, an absolutely fantastic appointment for La Viola. And um, really, with Spezia, I expected them to kind of revert back to being a bit more defensive. But uh, Thiago Motta, uh, the ex-Italy international, he's in there as a manager now. And they're, they've kind of carried on being really kind of fun to follow for goals. Their game's averaging a whopping 3.86 goals per game. Um, they've been scoring goals. They've been conceding a lot of goals. Uh, the last six games, so six of the last seven, six of the last seven games, the first game went unders. Every game since has gone overs. Um, I really like the kind of front three that they've got in De- uh, Daniele Verde. Yassi and Nzola, who they've all managed to keep hold of, quite surprisingly. Um, I thought I thought there'd be a few suitors for them. And I think Spezia, they're going to be... I've, I kind of... I didn't tip them up because we didn't do any kind of Serie A bets, but I had them down in the bottom three because I'm not convinced by Motta. Um, his previous spell in Serie A didn't go particularly well either, so... This is a really crucial game, even kind of so early in the season. It's a winnable game against the Salernitana side, who's have just come up from Serie B. Uh, they're actually they're owned, or they were owned by the same guy who owns Lazio, I think, and um, they had to kind of shake it up a bit in the in the backgrounds because you're not allowed uh, the same owner for two Serie A clubs. But they they still made some decent signings and Frank Ribery is someone who's ended up there. Um and they they also signed a guy who scored twenty goals in Syria last season, uh, called Simi. 
who was playing for Crotone, who were another very attack-minded side last season. But they ended up going down despite him scoring 20 goals. But that was a real coup for them. Um, he's not really had many games yet, but he, he started to come into the side. I think he scored two in his last two. Um, but he, the more that he kind of settles down, he, he's going to be their main goal scorer. And with Ribery there, providing some decent service. They've got Bonazzoli and Juric as options off the bench if they want to mix things up. Um, and if you just look into their data, I mean, they're a bit more hit and miss than Spezia. Four of their seven games have gone overs. Uh, but I, I expect them to be more of an overs side than unders this season, given their, their new signings. And it seems like they want to play with a bit more attacking intent. They'll see this as a winnable game too. So I don't think it'll be a game kind of played on low margin. I think both teams will be going for the win. Plenty of shots. And just lastly, the underlying kind of data, uh, when you take just the average game XG for both, it, it averages out around 2.75, 2.8. Um, so I'm surprised it's in a 2.75 Asian goal line. Instead, you're getting a flat 2.5. So you get a full stakes profit if three or more goals are scored, which... I think it's uh, spot on this weekend. I think that that's uh, just a, a bit of a price discrepancy. I think that should be more kind of 1.8, maybe even shorter than that. So Spezia Salernitana, over two and a half goals. That will be my bet from Italy. That's 1.9 with bet 365. And yeah, I'll just I'll chime in with a long shot here from, from Germany. Love the Bundesliga. I've always watched it. Since I was a kid, to be honest, when they had the uh, Bundesliga highlight show on um, ITV, and yeah, there's a team that I've, I've just loved to follow since since kind of the early days, and that that is Freiburg, um, who are kind of more of an unfashionable side in Germany, but uh, they've got a it's re- it's a massive game for them. This uh, they're at home against Leipzig, and I'll. I'm going to back Freiburg to win and both teams to score. It's 6-1 to one as my long shot. Um, yeah, I mentioned it's a, bit, it's a big game for Freiburg because it's the first at the new SC Stadion. Uh, they're moving from the uh, Europa Park, which is a very kind of charming ground, old school, very unique. And yeah, it's quite sad to see them kind of ground grounds go. I'm a, I'm a bit of an aficionado of kind of old school grounds. I don't like any of the new ones. So um, yeah, it's sad to see that go, but it, there's a real buzz around Budaiskal, which is the, the area that Freiburg are from in the Black Forest. And the the fans are buzzing because they've, they've had a really good start to the season. They're fourth at the minute. And they're unbeaten through all seven games. Um, the data's backed that up. As well, they actually sit sixth for XG ratio. Um, so they're creating good opportunities. Defensively, they've been really good, really stout. There's a, a lad called Nico Schlotterbeck, who is a centre-half. He's He'll be playing um, at a much, much higher level. You'll have heard of him in a couple of years. He, he's been getting rave reviews. It's Leinhardt as well at the, at the back, being a rock, so... Defensively, they've been very solid, but can I see them keeping a clean sheet against uh, this Leipzig side? I can't, to be honest. Um, despite their kind of pretty poor start to the season under Jesse Marsh, um, they are creating around two expected goals per game. 
but their attacking process remains strong from last season. Um, but yeah, you're looking at this and it's more, I'm kind of buying into the narrative a little bit more with this because Freiburg, very, very well-backed team. It's a very close-knit kind of community club and their manager who'd been there for over a decade now. Um, I, I, I love him. I think he is a great, great entertainment. It's a great interview. Um, Christian Streich, who has been there, I mentioned for a decade, a local lad. Um, he, he was there with the, with the megaphone at the last game at their old stadium and he, we could see him getting quite emotional which was kind of showed you how much the club means to him um, keeps them up in every every kind of season he's been there they got them into Europe in 2014 I can remember um, and all that on a minimal budget too so yeah like uh, Leipzig um, I, I just can't see them kind of clicking as, as of yet but Freiburg They've got a really together team. It's going to be an emotional day. I think that they're going to really be up for it and, and Leipzig could be on the end of a bit bit of a shock result. So, Freiburg, who are unbeaten so far to win and both teams to score, just to boost the price up from around 3-1, to 6-1. to one. Um, That's kind of my long shot here. That's with William Hill. But yeah, um, a little bet there from the Bundesliga. Thanks, Tom. Jerry, uh, Jerry uh, what's your long shot, mate? Yeah, I'm joining Tom here over in the Bundesliga. Um, Greuter Furt are playing against Bochum. Um, Bochum, bottom against second bottom here. Um, it's an opportunity for both these teams to get a win. Um, the hosts haven't got a win yet this season, but Bochum, I think they beat Mainz earlier in the season. Um, I'm good for both teams to score here. Um, and Greuter to win the match um, 17-5 with William Hill the thing that caught my eye with Greuter for, they, they were playing Bayern about a month or so ago and I watched most of the game they actually kind of mixed it with Bayern 15 shots against 16 they beat Bayern in corners 6-3 and the XG was quite favourable in the match as well although they were ultimately beating 3-1 I think there's a goal in them they play well at home um, as I say, both these teams are going to go for it. It could get quite lively um, this game. Both teams should get stuck in. Can see there being goals, um, and I'm hoping the hosts can win here um, at 17 to five. Both teams to score and a home win, and that's with William Hill and uh, the bottom two teams in the Bundesliga. Thanks, mate. Uh, and I am going to take uh, a bet builder from the Premier League as my long shot. And I'm going to take Leicester to score one and a half goals or more. Both teams to score and both teams to pick up at least a card each. And that's trading at just under uh, five to one. Uh, United have got some defensive issues. Uh, Varane's out injured. Maguire's probably out injured. Which means that we're going to have Eric Baye and Lindelof playing at centre-half. Um Eric Bayer played 10 games last season uh, for Man United at centre-half, kept just two clean sheets in those appearances, Palace and Burnley. Uh, Linderoff played 25 times, just nine clean sheets. Uh, and the majority of those games of clean sheets were against the top sides, uh, which sounds a bit odd thing to say. But if you remember last season under Oli Gonosolskar, United in the big games, you know, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, just shut up shop. Um, they just basically defended, got every man behind the ball, didn't look like uh, getting out of their own half at times. So not surprising, but still only just nine clean sheets in 25 games. Um, Leicester, uh, 
they're not as bad as as their early season uh, games suggest. Uh, you know, they probably should have finished fourth the last two seasons, um, but have just failed to get over the line. Um, Vardy, obviously, in national retirement, so should be fit. Um, Harvey Barnes is getting slightly fitter as he comes back. Tiemans, they've got some real quality in their squads. Um, Leicester's last two games have finished 2-2. Um, they're still struggling a little bit defensively, got some issues. Evans is out, fourth hands, obviously broke his leg. So I, you can't see United not scoring with the quality they have up front. I can't believe Solskjaer won't start Ronaldo at the weekend. Always good for a goal. Um, so both teams to score looks good to me. And then say Leicester um, look like they're going to turn the season. I, I, they're getting better. Um, United have only had one clean sheet all season. That was to Wolves. And in that game, they conceded 2.54 XG. Uh, on the road, they conceded 15 shots at Wolves, 12 shots at West Ham, seven shots at, at Saints. Um, they are, they are, they look like they should be conceding more goals. I think Leicester will do it the weekend. Um, just on the card situation, uh, Craig Pawson's in charge. Love him for cards. Last seven games he's taken charge of. Both teams have picked up a card. And 17 of his last 20 Premier League games, he's handed out a card to both sides. Um, Foxes have been carded in all of their games this season. Uh, and United have also picked up a card in all of their games. So you add them together, Leicester, uh, two or more match goals. Both teams have scored. And both teams receive at least one a card each. Uh, say is just under five to one, uh, and that's my long shot of the weekend. I think Leicester with Brendan Rodgers been announced as staying. He's not going to take the Newcastle job. I think that will give them a bit of a shot in the arm as well, there, James. Yeah, I mean they they they've started poorly. There's, there's there's no denying it. I think something's going on with James Madison. I don't know if he's fallen out of Brendan Rodgers, but he was he looked good last season. He's been on on the bench. Um, but they've got a good side. Um, you don't go from being that good, uh, you know, probably is one of the t- top six or seven sides in the Premier League to being near the bottom, which is where they're at the moment. They'll pick up. Uh, and this game, uh, they've got a great record. Brendan Rodgers has got a great record against uh, United and Solskjaer. Uh, and I think this might be the game that turns, especially with, with the injuries that United have got. A lot of their squad would have been out playing, you know, McTominay, who could, who could uh, sit in that holding role, had two tough games for Scotland. Uh, Fred, I'm assuming, has been out playing in South America somewhere. Um, I, I, yeah, I quite like this bet, uh, and it's not a bad odds. Uh, anything for anybody else before we call it an evening? No, it's everything, I think. Okay, all right. you've got all of mine now, mate. Yeah, uh, great to speak to you. Speak to you all next week, uh, and good luck if you're following our bets. Speak soon.